Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are the Warriors huddle with me, Bram. No Marcus today, unfortunately enough, but I am proud to announce that rejoining me, our master of all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? And it brings me huge pleasure to announce that rejoining us, the Golden State beat writer for the San Francisco Chronicle, a man who covers every Warriors practice, press conference, shoot around, and game, and a person who lives in the hottest place I have ever been in my life, Mr. Connor Letourneau. What's yeah, going on, Connor? Welcome to my unair-conditioned apartment in Alameda on a 96-degree evening. Unair-conditioned? It feels like you've installed heaters. Like someone has come in here to make sure there is no air, there's no windows I've been open. on the struggle bus. I have a couple fans, but for the purposes of sound quality, we are not running them right now. So yeah. we are super sweltering sweaty gross right now factually accurate if you hear some giant like thumpy noise it's because i finally passed out from the heat it is what it is <laughs> i need you guys to just push we've forward. recorded in your cold uh, garage before so you know it makes sense to go to the other end of the spectrum Yeah, other end of the spectrum next week let's go to the surface of the sun because it'll be colder there dude like honest to god i feel remarkably uncomfortable i don't want to focus on this i'm sweating through a black shirt which is really awkward and it's got to be hard for you guys to watch let's just move on too much to talk about connor how you been buddy it's been a long time i've been great i've been great you know just got back last week from my annual summer sabbatical as i call it where you know i'm gone for a good block of time went on a bunch of vacations and road trips and things of that nature and and, and very rejuvenated and i'm excited to hit the ground running have a bunch of bigger stuff planned in the coming weeks so I'm, I'm stoked to be back so how does this work so I, i've always kind of idealized your job right i love the idea of, of watching basketball for a living and being able to follow the warriors on a day-to-day basis but i also imagine it's got to be like any other job you'd prefer just have time off right so now you're on the precipice of this huge season but you've also had a bunch of time off are you bitter that the season's coming you know what i mean like is this like a monday morning for you or are you actually no i'm I'm genuinely excited i mean it's 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 one of those things where by the end of the 10 month slog you're you're you need to see that that light at the end of the tunnel and you're ready to just step away for a while uh which is definitely how i felt in mid-july but you know, I get, you know, eight weeks off because I get five weeks of comp time and then I get three weeks of uh, PTO, which I always take in one big block. Um, and then after those eight weeks, really by like week five, six, I'm just like starting to get that itch to write again and, and get back in the groove. And I find myself planning long form stories and reaching out to sources and those things. And and so now I've been back a week and I've already written 
uh, a bigger piece that I'm excited about, and I'm working on another bigger piece I'm excited about. And so, um, no, it, you need to step away like that so that you can get through, you know, a 10-month period. Because over these next 10 months, I'll probably have maybe four or five days total off. So, and I'm talking like working every holiday, every weekend. So you really need those eight weeks. Here's what we need, Marcus, because I need a little infusion of health. I'm going to turn to you, Maxine, but history has shown that you might be as crazy as I am. You hear that. You resentful at all? I mean, like, you know, this dude is looking forward to going back to work after a huge vacation. Nobody's like that. We all yeah, hate no. going back. So, yeah. so where are you? Like, are you happy for him? Are you kind of jealous? Where do you stand? I No, see, I would be completely jealous, but five to six days off in the next 10 months sort of balances out the scale. It probably yeah, will yeah, be yeah. more this year because I'm guessing the Warriors Don't say that. make the finals. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's been the case the first three years of my time on the beat because they've made the finals and then straight into free agency and, and what have you. Here is a far more important question for you, Maxine. Would you mind setting my shirt on fire so that I could cool down a little bit? <laughs> I just, I mean, you know, keep that in mind. Maybe not right now. Let's save the it. The physics in- of that are like blowing my mind <laughs> right now. It. Let's save it for later on. Cutter, I- I'm excited to have you back for billions of reasons, man. One of them is that your return means the return of one of my favorite segments on the show, Off the Court Report. Topic is easy. If you listen to this show, you care enough about the Warriors to watch every game, although there are no games right now. It is the offseason. But Connor's position, connection, place within the team allows him to see that we do not get to see. He sees these boys off the court. He gets a sense of what happens off the lines, in the locker room, those kind of things. And in this segment, we try to take advantage of that access. We just turn it over to Connor and ask for a story. What do you got, man? Yeah, so I got a, I got a fun one this week. Um during my sabbatical i did work a little bit um in early august i uh i actually have family in western kansas Uh, my mom's from western kansas and this might sound super weird but i like to go to hayes kansas every summer to unwind we have a wheat farm out there i have no problem i know know it's super super weird weird. i know it's super weird i have a couple uh, uncles out there that I'm super close with. I like relatives. that you casually dropped. We have a wheat farm out there. Like that's the type of thing I hear in the Bay Area all the time. That's the first time I've ever heard that sentence told to me at any stage. But anyway, so go I ahead. bring this up because uh, Willie Colley Stein is from a town <laughs> called Spearville, Kansas, which is a 90 minute drive south of where my mom is from. A tiny town of less than 800 people. It's so small that they don't have a grocery store there, and they have to drive into a town called Dodge City, which is 20 miles to the west, just to buy groceries or go to a movie or go into a chain restaurant. They have one restaurant in the entire town of Spearville, Kansas. Uh, And so I spent – it was incredibly serendipitous because I was planning to go to Spearville on one of my days out in Kansas just to talk to some of his relatives, talk to – uh, people that are close to him and just try to gather some scenes for a, a, a profile down the line, assuming you know he would not actually be there with me. Uh, about a week before um, heading to Kansas, like I had already booked my my flights and everything to go visit my family, I hear back from his people and they're like, "Oh, actually, Willie's gonna be in Spearville those same days. Um, like his one annual trip to Spearville is." coincides with when you're going to kansas um and so i I reached out to willie and the timing could not have been more perfect did you tell him if he needed to go to the grocery store you'd give him a ride or something so willie 
I don't want to give too much away, but Willie had done a road trip from Sacramento to Kansas, driven straight for 22 hours with a couple of his buddies. Ooh. And I, I met up with him right when he got there off the road trip. So, like, he, he comes in from a 22-hour drive and immediately just greets me at his childhood home. And I spend the evening with him, and he shows me around his town, and I meet That's his family. Awesome. And, um, it's kind of a best-case scenario, too, because if you spend 22 hours traveling with two people, the one thing you want desperately to do is talk to somebody else yeah but he his whole family was there and he hadn't seen them in a long uh, time so i was i thought it was pretty cool that you know fresh off coming to his childhood home he's willing to welcome me in with open arms yeah. and, and you know he got me in his put me in his pickup and drove me around the town gave me a tour and uh you know spent a good four hours there give us a glimpse into it so i i I am sure that there is a huge piece coming out and there is a big piece and i don't want to give too much away uh because there's like a bigger story how about you just read the article that you've already prepared just right into the microphone than just him uh being from a small town there's it goes a little bit deeper than that but i just i bring that up because it was one of the more rewarding and, and fun reporting experiences in my life not just because uh it was unique in a lot of ways but because uh that part of the country is a place that means a lot to me sure it's where my my mom's side of the family is from it's where i went every summer as a kid um it's a very unique place that you can't really understand unless you go there and it was cool for me to be able to to write about it through willie so um you know a big part of the story is about just life out there and and so I'm really excited about that one. That'll be dropping hopefully in the next couple of weeks. It's all done, but you know how print goes. You just you got to find a hole big enough. So did you enjoy his time with him, or your time with him? I I loved it. I I think Willie is one of the most down to earth, genuine NBA players I've Why? ever met. Why do you say that? Uh, he's just a real dude. You know, he's he reminded me of some of my childhood friends. You know, a guy that I would like to go get a beer with you know in my free time and yep. we've texted a little bit since that trip and he always responds right away and he's he's super chill and um you know he's uh and i think i think a lot of that just goes back to his roots the fact that he's from a really small community yep. uh he's got kind of a midwestern vibe to him he's super chill he's very eclectic um he's into art he's into uh design and, huh. and fashion and music and a bunch of other things so he's a really interesting guy and i think warriors fans are gonna love him because he's really excited genuinely really excited to be a part of the warriors after four years with the kings sure um which is as we know a pretty dysfunctional franchise and uh you know he turned down significantly more money he he told me he had a nine million dollar offer from the hornets wow and he signed with the warriors for close to a minimum so that shows well, that's kind of what the story is about. Okay. The story is about like everything that went into that, and it actually relates back to his family and his his uh, his childhood there. Well, I, I mean, if the way that the Hornets handled the Kemba Walker situation is any indication, I mean, they're clearly another dysfunctional franchise. So yeah, I'm not sure. super surprised to hear that he's not trying to get into that situation. Well, no, definitely, but still, it's like nine million compared to you know. Three oh no is, doubt, is, yeah, that's big money. Yeah. yeah, I mean for yeah nine million dollars, I would certainly spend a few years in Charlotte. I'd spend a few years in Afghanistan if I needed to for mm-hmm. nine million bucks. And I don't want to dig into any of the reveals of the story. So instead, I'll just ask you this, and then we'll move on. What surprised you about him? Did you have any preconceptions? Was there anything that stuck out that you weren't expecting? 
Um, I guess just how down to earth he was because he's kind of a, a larger than life personality. You know, he's kind of got a bad rap from yeah, his time right. in Sacramento. He infamously said at Media Day last year, I'm just trying to get paid. Um, and so I think he has a little bit of a, a bad reputation for, for things like that. And a lot of people think he doesn't really love the game and, and what have you. And being able to see him in that element um, and see where he comes from. And I, I wish every person could actually go to that town because it's such a unique, isolated place. I mean, when we're talking about a town of less than eight, we've heard of towns that are that small. But this it, the crazy thing about it is it's so isolated. Right. It is the biggest city somewhat close to it is Wichita, which is two and a half hours east. And it's five hours from Kansas City and five hours from Denver and four hours from Oklahoma City. Like, they, it's not near anything of note at all. Did I tell you I was actually planning on visiting it? <laughs> because I am not at all, and no one's going on vacation there, but I do, in fact, enjoy the idea of intersecting with this unbelievable... I mean, the idea that these things coincided. Because if you were going to pick one person who really needs to increase on their current career to make the Warriors an actual championship contender this year, it might be Willie Cauley-Stein. Yeah. And the idea that during your off time, you went to this a city so goddamn small it doesn't have a grocery store and still ran into this gentleman. It's so small that Town Hall is in the same building as the police station. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. So it was, meant, it was meant to be. I mean, it's like that. That Eight you guys football, coincided. You know. Um, yeah. And we'll look forward to the story. That's awesome. Uh, I love that off the court report. In fact, it reminds me why I love having you on the show. Although it makes me a little bit resentful. I mean, I'd like the opportunity to like go and just casually meet up with one of the warriors, specifically one of the most important warriors for this next season. But you know, it is what it is. What the hell? Can Think I about do what about you just that? said. Willie Cauley Stein is one of the most important yeah. warriors for this upcoming season. He is. Like, but if, but if you had said that. A year ago, people would have like thought you were insane, but you're totally right. I mean, he needs to be a real factor on both ends for them to be competitive. If we are going to transform from an undeniably entertaining team next year into a possible dark horse championship contending team, then I think one of the people who would have to make a leap is Willie Cauley-Stein. It really is. And, I mean, to, to put the two points together and taking away my weirdo resentment and jealousy. One of the things that makes your position and your job so cool is that you can do things like try to visit a family farm and end up meeting one of the most influential basketball players on the Warriors roster next year. You know, and it's just a happenstance of your profession and one that makes me jealous. It is what it is. What do you want me to tell you, man? You know, in addition to sweating through my shirt, I am also angrily jealous now. Let's move on so I don't get distracted. Um, I've got a series of questions about all the new Warriors today. But before we get there, I got one other overarching Warriors topic that deserves both of your guys' attention. It's not a probable topic, but it's a sexy one. So on first take about a week and a half ago, Ramona Shelburne, who I'm a huge fan of now, by the way, I listen to I have a lot of respect for her. She's like one of the only, not not just NBA writers, but sports journalists who can write features at a high level and break news. Like it's really hard to do both of those things, and she does, so I respect the crap out of her. When I just listened to the 30 for 30 on Donald Sterling, um, and it was mainly her voice, so like for whatever reason, I now have like a pseudo voice crush on her. But in this instance, on first take, they were talking about Yanni Santetokounmpo, and that obviously the Milwaukee Bucks were going to be offering him the Supermax the second he became eligible for it. Then they turned to Ramona, and she said this. 
some of those games. But I, I think when you look at the choice ahead for him, Nick, it's ironic that you're here because the one team lurking out there that I don't know how this would happen, but the one oh, it team. it can happen, baby. They got the money to make it, it has happen. Always, the Warriors have always been the big threat to, mm-hmm. to go after Giannis. One, he's friends with Steph Curry. He has mm-hmm. that same agency. Mm-hmm. Um, they, are, they know each other. It would be a, a difficult construction to make happen, but they, that is the one looming threat, and it comes down to what kind of guy is Giannis. What does he want his legacy to be? Is he the guy who stays with one team? His entire career and tries to bring a championship to Milwaukee, or does he pull the Kevin Durant and go join a group of super friends in the Bay? Now, needless to say, all of us expect him going to Milwaukee, right? All the smart money should be placed on that. But as Ramona suggested, there's at least a small chance that he ends up here in the Bay Area, which would bring me more happiness than I can possibly tell you. This is crazy early. I am sure we're going to talk about this ad nauseum throughout the offseason next year, maybe even as early during the playoffs this year. But let me ask it now, boys. On a scale of 1 to 10, how likely do you think it is that Yanni Santetokounmpo signs here in Golden State? Two. Why? Explain it. Um, I think that he is probably going to re-sign with Milwaukee, and even if he didn't resign with Milwaukee, I think there's several other teams that he'd be more likely to go to than the Warriors, probably Los Angeles, either of those teams being a possibility. Why? Uh, first of all, just the chance to, to win right away and, and be in that market. And I think coming from Milwaukee, he probably, and I, I don't know him obviously on a personal level, but I'm, I'm just kind of I'm kind of assuming. You didn't see him things. in Kansas last week. <laughs> I, I think that coming from Milwaukee, there would it would be understandable if he wanted to be in a bigger market where he could really grow his brand um, and and be, you know, tapping into every possible endorsement deal that he can. Um, but that being said, I do think there's a, a big burden on Milwaukee on the Bucks to to deliver him. The, the supporting cast that he deserves. I, I don't think Chris Middleton is going to get it done. Uh, Chris Middleton, don't get me wrong, is a good player, but they need a, another stud or two, um, I think, to really to really get that deal done. Um, and from the Warriors' perspective, I mean, there's financially, I don't know how it makes sense. I mean, they've already committed so much money to Clay Thompson and, and Draymond Green and Steph Curry. I haven't really looked at the numbers, but I, I don't see how that's even feasible. Right. They would have to probably sign and trade on and, yeah. or something like that. Um, or D'Angelo. Or D'Angelo. Um, so it, it'll be it'll be interesting, but I, I yeah I don't I don't see that happening. But I will say the reason I put it at two instead of zero or one is that one thing I've learned from this beat is to never count the Warriors Got out it. of anything. I, I mean they they just have a. Bob Myers has an amazing ability to surprise us. So. There's two words for Anything's it, right? possible. Light years. Um, yeah. And so I, I again, will talk about this ad nauseum and Maxi Light years, major take. Years or two years? I went to, you know, I went to and I wasn't positive about it and I was really hoping no one was going to bust me up. Anyways, welcome back. No, I don't back. actually know. So. Yeah, I, 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 well, I'm going to go two years then. Definitely <laughs> two years. Go ahead and look that up. Maxime, we're going to need your take. I'm going to cut you off to give mine and then we'll turn it over to you. I'm going to say at least a five. All right. And it's two reasons. One is what you've already said. Don't count them out. Not this ownership group, not with this arena, not with Steph here, not with, 
you know, just everything that has been going on in Golden State and the kind of notoriety we've had over the last 10 years, Yantis would at least have to consider us. The other thing that has come out, and it shouldn't be connected at all, but I'll say it, was the money that Draymond Green made on, and I want to make sure I get this right, Smile Club Direct. Here's what I mean. So a while back, Draymond Green invested in a club called, or invested in a stock called Smile Club Direct. And when he did it, they had not yet gone public. They have now gone public, and Draymond Green made 40, 40, 40 times his money. I don't know what he put down, who knows what the hell it is, but I guarantee you that he made an insane amount of money on that. Now, do I know for sure that he was tipped by Lacob? Do I know for sure that that information came from anywhere close to the worst? No, of course I do not. I have no idea where the hell this happened. But one thing I do know for sure is that the place where you can make that kind of money, the, the only location on earth where you actually might be able to make more money off the floor than on it, Silicon Valley, not Milwaukee, not Los Angeles, not any of the other locations that are out there. So if you were telling me that Golden State not only provides the nicest arena and a hell of a surrounding cast and an opportunity to make more money than you could anywhere else at any other point ever, can I tell you for sure that it's outlandish? Of course I cannot. Does that make me hell of happy? F yes, it does. <laughs> we'll see what goes down. This is remarkably premature, but if I was a fan who've hated the Warriors and finally feel like I'm out of the woods because KD is not here anymore, well then you bastards better start worrying because we may be adding the one dude who is actually better at that position. But I digress. Maxime, am I being ridiculous? No, well said. I was actually thinking of putting in a six. Uh, I think you're absolutely <laughs> dead on about the Silicon Valley take. If you look at Giannis and the way he operates, he operates very much like a person that is worried about his family investments, not about being a star. And that's way better position for being in San Francisco yeah. over being in L.A. Um, so, you know, that's that. And, and what's more important than getting his brother signed to a $2 million a year contract? It's being able to hook his brother up with $40 million because you have, like, <laughs> you money, right? Um, on top of that, I think the culture that Steph sets is unparalleled. Plus, like we tend to have the majority of our strength in the backcourt, so he'd be fitting in at the four with no problems. It's a, it's a perfect positional fit for him. Not to mention, uh, there's there's some interesting stuff that if they get rid of Draymond. Oh, right, 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 right. Well, I mean, you could even you could even consider putting him at the five, right? Which he was. You could even play him at the three. I mean, you could play him at all. Right. Five. You He's, could play him at the one. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the advantage of the system we have here is that I mean, it's positionless basketball. I mean, can you yeah. imagine a better I setup mean, than Steph and Giannis Antetokounmpo? The positions are basically just based off who you defend anyway. Well, yeah. well, and that's the point is somebody has to be knocking around with the bigger players in the league, and Giannis is obviously would be the tallest person out of at least those four, and you don't necessarily want him taking those big minutes which is the same stuff we're hearing with ad um down in la not wanting to play the five but i think there's another thing that's really interesting um and uh, zach lowe brought it up on his podcast which is this crazy component of the d'angelo russell sign and trade which is the 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 pick that we owe them that's top 20 protected that if we don't make it into the top 20, then that converts to like a 2025 second round pick. So there's like an interesting pivot point there um, that feels like the beginnings of the puzzle that gets put into place for the Warriors actually not trying super hard to make the playoffs this year. Hmm. Um, 
that would be one reason. Another reason might be because if they have this continual culture of winning at the highest level, that is going to be a deterrent for somebody like Giannis to come because he saw the backlash from Kevin Durant showing up um, and might not want to join a bandwagon, right? Join as a bandwagon. So, I, you know, that's some, like, crazy light year stuff. But if we find ourselves out of the playoff picture come April right? And then the next year rolls around and the Warriors aren't talked about as a title contender. I think that opens the door for somebody like Giannis to roll through. You're saying Steph should take the year off and go to the PGA? Yo! (laughs) Actually, I'm not so sure about that because he's good enough to then not come back. (laughs) Here's one thing I will say and then we'll turn it back to you, Connor. If I was the owner of Milwaukee, I would give Giannis Everything just right. I give him my private plane. You have I, said his name like five different ways. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not sure how to say it. Giannis. So, you know, I mean, don't you worry. But this isn't the name pronunciation podcast. And thank you for waiting to five different pronunciations before you corrected me. Yeah, I could tell because you gave us the five. That isn't an in particular reveal, Connor. You just told that to me directly. Nonetheless, talk about burying the lead. One, if I was Yanis's owner, I would make sure to give him everything. Everything, not just the five-year. I mean, my car. I would be so concerned about somebody else coming in and swooping not only my superstar, but really the only reason why Milwaukee basketball has any relevance right now, that I would make sure he does not look anywhere specifically Golden State. One more thing to add, just keep an eye out for his minutes, especially in the postseason. As Bud it was notoriously pulling him way yeah. too soon for where he is in his prime. And if that happens again this year and Budenholzer doesn't get fired, look for Giannis to be really interested in leaving. Budenholzer's a good coach, but I agree with you on that. Bottom line, think it'll happen? No. Hell no. <laughs> I don't, you didn't have to add the hell no. And I'm still kind of upset about the pronunciation thing, but I'll try to get over it as quickly as I can. Let's turn to the meat of this podcast. So we spent a lot of time this offseason acknowledging that the Warriors roster has turned over. There is a core that we've had the great pleasure of spending eight years with. We've got Draymond. We'll ultimately have Clay. We've got Steph. We have people we are really familiar with. But if you take a second and actually look at the roster, you'll notice that there's a lot more names you've never seen than there are ones that you immediately recognize. And for casual fans, when you turn on the TV on October 24th, the opener against Eclipse, there's going to be a lot of faces, a lot of jerseys you do not recognize. So this segment is designed to hopefully familiarize ourselves with some of these new names. The segment is called Getting to Know You. The idea is simple. I'm going to give us a couple of names. We are going to dig into who they are, how they could help the team, and one of them we've already talked about, Willie Colley-Stein. So WCS, by my research, is a 7-foot, 26-year-old center, played four years in the league, last year averaged about 12 and 8 over 27 minutes in Sacto, but he never really got to sniff his potential. You've already told us a little bit about his personality. Let me ask you this. How can he help the Warriors? If everything goes well, what skill sets does he bring? How should fans be thinking about his contributions to uh, this team? Yeah, so the way I describe his game in a lot of ways is that he's a better version of JaVale McGee. Um, He can run the floor, throw down alley-oops, grab rebounds, um, do all that kind of that hustle-type work. Uh, He 
is actually a surprisingly good passer. He, if you look at his assist rate for a big man, it's it's phenomenal. He's a really good passer, and he's really good in pick-and-roll situations. And so what you're going to see a lot this season, I expect, is he's going to be involved in a lot of pick-and-roll with D'Angelo, especially in that second unit. I think they're going to stagger the minutes so that Willie and D'Angelo kind of lead that group, yep. and they're, it's, a, it's a lot of iso ball. Um, Steve has already said that he's excited about that. Actually, the Warriors told Willie when they signed him that that was a big reason why they wanted him was because he's so good in those situations. He was really good with De'Aaron Fox um, in Sacramento. Um, He was drafted. He was a lottery pick largely for his defensive potential, but he's kind of underwhelmed on that side of the ball. He's not really much of a shot blocker, um, and he claims that that had a lot to do with Sacramento's defensive scheme. Um, Did so you ask him about it? I've talked to him about it, and so he's optimistic that he can block a lot more shots in the Warriors scheme. And and uh, I actually think that he's sound a sound positional defender, but he needs to be a better shot blocker. I mean, this is a guy that is seven feet tall and blocked less than a shot a game mm-hmm. last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he needs to provide more, especially. With Kevin Durant gone, who was their best shot blocker? Exactly. Last I mean, what you just said is remarkably important, man. So one of my biggest concern or concerns going into next year, and I'm not alone, is the Warriors' ability to rebound and defend, right? And that all goes towards WCS. It should be Willie Collistein who does it. And what I think I'm hearing you say is not only is he aware that we need him to do it, he awares that he has underperformed in those areas and is now ready to address that. Yeah, no, he he is, and I think he was really disillusioned by that entire situation in Sacramento. He felt like he wasn't utilized properly. He had a lot of gripes about management, and 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 he felt like he was kind of scapegoated for a lot of their struggles. Yeah, and um, you look at the start of his season last season in Sacramento. He was absolutely phenomenal. He's a double double guy. Yeah, no, he almost was, a twenty and ten guy. No, he was he was like eighteen and. 11 or yeah. something for the for the first month or so. Which is almost he, 20 and 10. And then, I mean, then, you already yeah, busted me then, out on the whole pronunciation then, thing, man. He, God damn it. And then he totally fell off. Um, so the big knock against him is his consistency, his inconsistency. Um, and he feels like that's unfair. I think the Warriors are going to put him in a position to play to his strengths. And I, I would not be surprised if he had the best year of his career this year. I think mentally and physically, he's where he wants to be. Is this a ridiculous statement? Willie Cauley-Stein is one of the most important members of this team. He is. He is. I mean, outside of the big names, outside of Clay and, and Draymond and, and Steph and D'Angelo, he, he's got to be the, the fifth guy. Unquestioned starter? Is Loon absolutely not the starter at center? I wouldn't say unquestioned, but I will say that I would be very surprised if, if Willie Cauley-Stein was not the starting center from day one. He he is he fits exactly the mold of the starting center that we all know Steve likes. Mm-hmm. He's the prototypical seven-foot center who can block – sorry, not block shots, but run the floor and, and throw down alley-oops and, and what have you. Um, and I think Kevon Looney – is much better in a bench role. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you've seen that throughout his career that he, he just tends to play better when he comes off the bench. So don't mess with that. Um, and I, I think I think he'll definitely be the starter. You have been doing this long enough, and just because you ran into him in Kansas, you are the perfect person to ask this question. 
is Willie Colley Stein in the best possible mentality going into this next season, at least as far as Warrior success? For sure, for sure. I mean, it's like any, I tell people all the time, this stuff is like any work environment. I mean, if you were in what you felt like was a toxic work environment and you were miserable at your job, uh, going into work every yeah. day and you you struggled to find motivation and you felt like you were getting blamed for things that were undeserved and and then you you fall into a situation that in your mind is ideal you're in a winning culture a team that you know has some of the greatest players of all time um you're that's gonna demand the best out of you mentally yep. and it's also gonna force you to be on your game when it comes to working out and, and being showing up to, to camp in shape and, and things like that. And I think, I think he is very aware of that. And, and I mean, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you when I was in Kansas, I asked him if what I felt was a pretty innocuous question about his time in Sacramento. And he went on, I want to say a 10 minute just rant about how how much he hated he hated that situation by the end and, <laughs> and how happy he is to be in a winning culture i mean he did not hold back he was dropping f-bombs he was and it was all on the record i mean i like um, this guy you know and so he's he's he i think you're gonna see a guy who's motivated and, and ready to to step up to the play in some ways it is very literally a best case scenario for Warrior fans. I mean, what you have is this guy who has an undeniable amount of talent. You don't luck into the sixth pick in the draft. You know, you don't you don't luck into a scholarship to Kentucky. You have to be remarkably good at what you do to achieve either of those distinctions. And for him to have that talent level and the kind of frustration that I would imagine would build up where you've spent a few years, you have this talent, you haven't been able to show the world what the hell you can do, and now you have a chance to rewrite your entire story with the world watching. This is what's up, and there's real reasons to believe this guy brings a lot more than any of us are currently anticipating. What do you think, man? Are you fired up for him? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, you know, Steve Kerr talks about setting screens and rolling to the rim I think that's going to be a super exciting thing I think it's really interesting to consider him starting and then maybe you know coming out minute seven letting Kavon come in and then coming back in with D'Angelo maybe even to start the second I don't know there's there's a lot of intrigue I am nervous about um I guess I know you would sort of address the consistencies thing so I don't want to quite put it as consistency but um there is there has yet to ha- he has yet to live up his ex- to expectations as a six pick. Don't you kind of like that though? Like I kind of like lottery tickets. You know what I mean? Like the, the idea that we're bringing this guy in and there's a chance that his upside eclipses everything he has done so far. That literally his talent is going to be higher at that position than we've seen in a Warriors roster. One thing for a long I will time. say too though is you got to think about the situation he was in in Sacramento. You, there's been so many examples of guys that they drafted super right. high in the lottery who weren't great with them and then went to other situations and actually blossomed. A great example being Hassan Whiteside. I mean, he, his situation was so bad in Sacramento that he was pretty much out of the league. Yep. And then he goes in with Miami. Miami, a better situation, and is one of the greatest defensive players in the league. And... Um, I, I would not be surprised if you saw a different Willie just because I don't think they were utilizing him properly. Yeah. I think they liked Harry Giles and uh, Marvin Bagley more than him. And even though he was more experienced and in a lot of ways a better player, at least than Harry Giles, uh, I think a lot of a lot of people 
kind of counted him out. And um, so I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. And also, let's let's keep in mind the price tag here. I mean, this is a guy who's little over a minimum contract. I mean, that when I saw that they got him on, at that at that rate, I was just like, that is a the ultimate steal. I mean, yep. you look at who else they could have gotten at that center position yep. given their financial situation, and and he was just an absolute home run. Well, in fact, in what you're telling us, if he decided to take less money uh, to come here as opposed to $9 million with Charlotte, what he believes is that he's going to be able to play well enough here to make up that money down the line, right? I mean, he's betting on himself. It's an investment yeah. in his own talent. And again, that's reason for us to be remarkably optimistic. I just love it. I, I, there's a lot of things that excite me for this season. And, and, and I'll put it this way. This whole year is house money, man. It's as if we went to Vegas, we made all this money in the sport we normally play, whatever, sports gambling, we made thousands of dollars, and then we decided to try something new, Baccarat or something, right? This year, if it works out phenomenally, excellent. If it doesn't, that's fine. We've had nothing but championship runs over the last few years, and Willie Colley-Stein is a perfect example of that high upside. If it works out, phenomenal. If it doesn't, there's no real downside. We're not paying this guy that much money. Let me give you another name. Amari Spellman. 6'9", 22-year-old forward. It's only his second year in the league, although he didn't set the world on fire last year, averaging only 6 and 4 um, through 17 minutes for Atlanta. Who is this guy? Yeah, so he's really interesting to me because he's a guy who is pretty skilled for someone his size. He can shoot. Uh, he's got a, a decent mid-range game. He can actually extend back out to 3. Um, he's got a nice soft touch around the rim. He seems pretty sound defensively. He's a smart player. Um, the big issue with him is his weight. Uh, last year, his rookie season in, in Atlanta, he got up to 294. Uh, oh. He gained literally like 40 pounds in season. Um, which That's is, not easy. Which is hard to do. <laughs> I mean, he he wasn't playing a ton, but still, it's it, it, it's not a positive thing. Um, no, that's not positive. No, it's not. A, it's not a good thing. Um, Do we know whether or not he was a competitive eater during the season? <laughs> and and he had an injury as well, which which played into that. And and basically, it sounded like Atlanta gave up on him after one year and traded him for um, uh, Damian Jones, who the Warriors were giving up on. Also, there was a pick involved, but. Um, I think it's a situation where the Warriors really liked him a year ago in that draft. They actually, from what I've heard, were interested in taking him at 28 over Evans, and they ended up just feeling hmm. like they had a bigger need along the wing, so they took Evans. Sure. Uh, but if he can get his weight figured out, I think he can be a very productive, helpful member of this team. I'm not saying he's going to be a stud, but he can be a solid rotation guy. I think he's an upgrade. Personally, I think he's an upgrade over Damian Jones. There's a yeah, Steve Kerr said that he's one of the most exciting. You know, he's talking up Spellman a little yeah. bit, which I thought was. I think pretty he's trying to get his confidence up too. Yeah, it makes I sense. Think, I think I think he, I think he was a little embarrassed about the whole weight thing. I mean, a uh -huh. lot of people wrote about that, and and I I think um, you know he's he's trying to. I think Steve, being a great leader and coach in terms of motivation, is is realizing that people read those articles yeah. and 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 so he's 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 playing them up and like i said i i i think he can be a surprisingly helpful asset for this team and and i think that for the warriors to be 
in any sort of contention. They need guys like Spellman to be better than you think they are. Here's the quote from Steve, just so that we can discuss it. Quote, Spellman's got a chance to play a role for us. It'll be really nice to be able to space the floor with a big. We probably haven't had that since most spates. Anytime you can space a five-man out of the three-point line, it really opens up the floor. The guy is really, really skilled. Where are you going to go with it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I saw the most Bates comparison. I, I think somewhere else he talked about were David you, West. Were you impressed that I had that? I was. That, that was right exact. There? Yes, yeah, I'm very that impressed. Really, that was really nice. Yeah. I'm, kind of I'm away. so yeah. rarely and, prepared. And, and the journalist in me is coming out. we got to cite our source, Anthony, Anthony Slater. Yeah. I believe had that one. So yep, yeah, <laughs> with The Athletic, which, uh, yeah, um, yeah a big fan of. But I know, I, I just I think it's really interesting in the, in the context that you brought up, Connor, of like, he is putting Spellman up to the level of like really beloved players, right? In most Bates and D West for the Warriors. But obviously, you know, he's not trying to draw him to the level of Draymond Green, right? It's like, hey, here's something that's achievable for you. This is really exciting. And I mean, quite frankly, like David West is a bruiser. Like, you know, you probably need a little extra weight if you're going to like run around like that. So it's really cool. I didn't think about the context of Kerr saying that for Spellman, not really for the fans. Um, and it's kind of exciting if if Spellman can live up to. I mean, we don't we haven't had anybody kind of exist like David West since he left us, and, and they've missed David. Exactly. West. I mean, just as like the fulcrum of that offense, <clears throat> I think you, that was a underrated thing that was a void last season. I think that's part of why the offense stagnated as much as it did was mm. because they didn't have someone who could just post up on that block and find guys and. You know, that, that's really why David was, was so big for them. One of the things that is cool about this year is we get to figure out how these guys help the Warriors. We have not had that for years, right? Over the last three years, the goal of this team was to win a championship, and a part and parcel of that is we knew exactly who every single one of these players were and exactly what we needed from them. Just, I mean, and that, that was its own type of entertainment and really fulfilling when they won the championship and great. This year is a totally different animal. There are, you know, four or five people we know what to expect from. Although even those guys who Draymond's going to be through 82 games is going to be really exciting. But then there's this whole other list of people. These dudes you've never heard of who are going to have to figure out, one, who they are. But then, two, more importantly, how they help the team. One of them is Omari Spellman. He may be a huge cog, right? It could be David West. It could be Mo Spades. Or he could prove to be nothing. But one of the awesome things is we're going to all find this out together over 82 games, personality-wise. Have you got a chance to meet this dude? I'm, the hell is I'm actually supposed to meet him in the next couple days nice. for a story. Um, for everything I've heard, he's a super nice, humble, down-to-earth dude. Um, Are you going to travel I'm, I'm to like I'm working on a store in Alan Smiley right now, and a fun fact is they uh, there's four young guys, uh, like Jordan Poole, um, Omari Spellman, Alan Smiley I think Eric, Eric Pascal, uh, they all live in the same building, huh. uh, like a couple blocks away <laughs> from the Chase Center. And Alan was telling me that Omari's kind of already taken him under his wing and is like taking him out to lunch and and kind of trying to get him comfortable because he knows Alan is from Serbia and not fluent in the language. You want me to upset you with my pronunciation? Have me uh, try to fire away a smilajic, however the hell you said that. I'll just call him Yanis. How's that? You know? <laughs> call him Smiley. The team calls him Smiley. Smiley, I can do that. I feel uh, <laughs> I feel pretty solid about that. Any indications? I heard you. You haven't met Omari 
yet, but can you tell us anything about who he is as a person, or should we wait till you get a chance to sit down with him? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I kind of touched upon what I've heard, um, but, you know, he's obviously a smart guy, went to Villanova, um, you know, is, is not a guy that's going to cause any waves in the locker room, so... Um, I think he he com- he's coming in knowing his role, knowing that he's just a guy who's trying to fight for a rotation spot, and and he's gonna he's gonna be a he's not gonna be any concern. I will say it's kind of weird having this many young players on a team. I've grown accustomed to fighting for championships. You know, like generally speaking, when I'm watching any of this social media stuff during the off season, it, it's whatever. It's the type of things you see from superstars. You see Steph interacting with people on his Tahoe tournaments. You see Draymond interacting with uh, LeBron on Ben Golliver's Twitter, which we'll cover in a second. But these things we've just kind of taken for granted. Now we have interactions of young players. We have things like... I think I saw Jordan Poole tweeting out the inside of the Warriors' um, either locker room or practice facility just because he was happy to be within a professional facility. The kind of things that you see from new guys, which is kind of weird. You know, we haven't had to deal with any of that, which is the perfect transition to my next player, Jordan Poole. Um, I watched him in Summer League, didn't really get a chance to watch him at Michigan. He is, for those who haven't been following, the 6'5", 20-year-old guard the Warriors selected with the 28th pick out of the University of Michigan. His final year there, which is only a sophomore year, he averaged 12 points and 1.1 steals per game. Who the hell is this dude? Yeah, I'll be honest. When they they took him with that pick, I was underwhelmed. I felt Hmm. like it was a reach. Um, This is a guy who on a lot of mock drafts was mid to late second round. Some people had him going undrafted. Um, A lot of people laughed at him when he declared for the draft after two years. I mean, he wasn't dominant in any way at Michigan. He he hit a couple really big shots that that big shot against Houston and then Sibley tournament. I believe his freshman year is kind of his his claim to fame, but um getting to know him a little bit at Summer League and watching him, I can understand why the Warriors took him. Why? He's got a swag factor. He believes in himself. He's not afraid to shoot. Um he has a nice shot. He to me he reminds me a little bit of Nick Young. Nick Young in his prime. We're not. I'm not talking about <laughs> Nick Young, uh, the version the Warriors saw. Nick Young. I'm talking about a younger, fresh out of USC. Nick Young. He thinks cocaine should be legal too. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but no, he was. Uh, so I, 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 I personally don't think he's a slam dunk by any, any measure. I think he could very much be a guy who's out of the league in three years um, because he's not a very good defender um all he really has going for him is he can shoot and he's not an elite shooter i mean he i believe shot like 37 percent at michigan which is good but not amazing um if he can make shots he can be an asset if he can't he might have he might be on his way out here is a super early and unfair question for all of them i want a yes or no and we'll revisit it towards the middle of the year let's start with willie collie stein can he be a major role player on a championship team? Yes. JaVale McGee was. Oh, that's a great... I was going to say no until you said JaVale McGee was. Then, yeah. Omari Spellman, yes or no? Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Jordan Poole? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, somebody needs to bring the swag. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he might surprise us. Swaggy P got a ring, you know. He might, he might surprise us, but I, 
I think he's going to be in Santa Cruz a decent amount of shirts. I feel like that should be a, tersh- or a t-shirt. Somebody has to bring the swag. <laughs> I don't think it's an particularly great basketball analysis, but I do think it is a phenomenal back of a t-shirt, <laughs> which leads me to the last player I wanted to ask you about. It's kind of sexy. Is another one of these kind of lottery ticket dudes. Uh, Marquise Chris. So the Warriors just gave him a camp deal. You were stoked about this one. I was. I, I just like the idea of it, and I understand um, chances are that we can't actually sign him, but let's talk about him. 22-year-old, 6'10 forward, selected by the eighth pick um, by Sacto a few years back, but has not done sh- with that opportunity. Uh, he has played for the Suns. He played for the Kings. He played for Houston. Now finds himself on Golden State. I read your article about him. My understanding is that now that the Warriors are in the hard cap, as far as the salary cap, the chances of them actually being able to sign him are zero. In fact, if they wanted to do it, it means they'd have to cut uh, McKinney. Probably McKinney, because McKinney's deal is non-guaranteed. Yeah, right now. there you go. But let's explore him, right? The, the reason I like him, anybody in the top ten, you know, anybody who's selected with those top ten picks, I just feel is sexy I, I, for no good reason. And I'm sure there's a real justification why he hasn't been able to do anything with this. It comes set. with a major asterisk, though, because he was a top ten pick by the Suns. Cool. And this is a team that took Drajan, I can't even pronounce his name, Drajan Bender. I hate people who can't uh, pronounce NBA names. I'm just telling you that right now. In fact, three. I demand that they pronounce it the exact same way every time they're on the podcast. So that disgusts me that you're saying that right now. I mean, more than that, dude, not only was he selected and then did nothing for his original team, he's had an opportunity in a lot of slots and has done nothing in each one of them but he wasn't even that good at washington okay. like i covered the pac 12 when he was at washington and he couldn't stay on the floor like Connor, he got not understand i want you to tell me that this guy could be good i told you i was excited he got in so much foul trouble that he couldn't stay on the floor am i speaking swahili stop <laughs> housing this guy i want you to tell him that he actually could be good and then he won't make the team he's it is a guy who's is. a freak athlete okay, who's there still you go. learning how to play basketball um he I understand why the Warriors signed him. I thought it was a smart move as a flyer for a training camp invite. It's a, a very much a, a low-risk, high-reward proposition. I mean, he's got a lot of physical abilities, and if, if he just wows them in training camp and and preseason, who knows? They, maybe they find a spot for him, and he plays a role. Uh, the odds of that are not high. Um, I do think... I mean, the, the my understanding is that this just came together like in the past forty eight hours because I was in the locker room the day before the the news broke that they were signing him and his name was not on any lockers <laughs> and they had names on every locker so they must have knocked off a name and I'm not going to say whose name it was but while I was in the locker room they literally went in and no! changed a player's name and put another player's name on there and was it Steph? <laughs> a training camp invite and that just shows you how fluid that that whole thing is but if you yeah. had to guess during the 2020 2021 season who is more likely to be a member of the golden state warriors your boy yanni santacupo or marquise chris Nice Probably Marquise Chris. <laughs> Thanks, man. Because I think, so like, I think there's like a 0% chance that he's the Warriors. I thought it was a 2. Exactly. He definitely said 2. There's okay, no 20%. Question. And I'll, I'll put, I'll put, I'll put, well, I, I'll put, I'll put Chris at 22% chance. <laughs> Very specific. I like it. Is there a young player you're most fired up to watch? Like looking at this roster, is there somebody you're excited specifically to see, or is it all kind of equal? 
Yeah, I, it's... There are so many new pieces that it's going to be exciting to see how Kerr you like puts Spiral together Gage, different. Right? I mean, I do, but like we all know that, and that's unfair <laughs> because we know he's going to play a lot of time in the G League. So it's like, eh, yeah, I'm excited to see him for like the three games that he gets pulled up from Santa Cruz for. Yes, I'm pretty excited about Smiley. I think it's going to be great. I'm excited about Eric Pascal because I think that he can legitimately be a real factor as a rookie. I think he yeah. might end up in this – is says something about the Warriors bench, but he could end up being like their second or third best bench player. I'm like he I think he's A that ready for the league and B, I think their bench is that weak. I love that. I love to hear that. I love to hear settle down. I love to hear that this guy may actually perform. There's a series of people on the bench who we're not gonna cover now who I'd like to know more about. Alec Burks is one of them. Yeah. Glenn uh, Robinson. Robinson Jr. is one of them. I the think third. yeah, the yeah, I think Robinson the third uh my apologies, but the person I'm most excited for... They wish for, it was Glenn Robinson Jr. Uh, <laughs> the person <laughs> I'm most excited for is Willie Cauley-Stein. So, I meant what I said. This year is all upside. If they end up just making the first round of the playoffs, if they end up just figuring out who the rotation be or will be, I'll be excited for it. But I do believe there's this kind of hidden possibility the Warriors are going to be a lot better than anybody out there currently thinks. And that hidden possibility, that unbelievable talent that might be you know just scratching at the surface is in the form of Willie College Stein. If he is who Sacramento thought he was when they picked him at the six pick, or even if he is a little bit better than JaVale McGee, right? If he can do the things they need him to do, if he gives us a double-double, this team becomes so much more dangerous than anybody is currently assuming. And I love the idea that right when everybody wrote us off, we pulled the Jason Voorhees. You know, that like they turned their back, they thought we were dead, they focused on somebody else, and at the last minute the Warriors get up and beat the shit out of everybody. Yeah. I love that, and that representation really comes down to Willie Cauley-Stein, so he is the guy I'm looking forward to the most. Having covered this team for going on four years now, I I don't necessarily, I don't just have confidence in Willie because I, I, I'm still getting to know him, but I have confidence that the Warriors will put him in the spots he needs to be and yep. that they'll get the most out of him and I, I think he is an absolute freak athlete. I mean this is a guy who has a seven three wingspan, right. one of the best verticals. He's also like one of the fastest players on the team, even though he's seven feet tall. Huh. This is a guy who went out for the track team because he was bored one day, hanging out at his home in Spearville. He just walked over this is a true story. He walked over his freshman year to the track in moccasins and didn't really feel like running, so they said, hey, just try the triple jump. That week, he was a half inch of, off of qualifying for state in the triple jump Jeez. in moccasins. Like, I have a lot so, of follow-up questions. Here's my first. Why the hell does he own moccasins? What is he doing? <laughs> Are moccasins the go-to footwear in, in Kansas or what? I say that to say the guy's a freak <laughs> athlete. He's motivated. I think if anyone's going to like his see, nickname Dances with Wolves or something? What are we see, talking about moccasins? Dances with Wolves was filmed very close to Spearville. Fact, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I don't know why I know that, but I do. You apparently know everything about Spearville. <laughs> I'm, I'm very impressed. And how to say Yannis Antetokounmpo's name. So you are a remarkably well-informed individual. Here is my last question for you. What's Loon's role on this team? So, And before you answer it, when... 
Kevon signed, I thought, and this was before Willie Colley signed, signed, he'd be our starter, you know, and then yeah. everything else transpired. And we've talked a lot on this individual podcast about how big of a role uh, WCS is going to play. So who is Kevon on this team now? What role do you expect? I him actually to think occupy? his role in terms of a basketball standpoint will be pretty similar to what it was last year. I think he'll play similar minutes. I think he'll, his numbers will be similar. I mean, he, he, they might be up a little bit just because he'll have even more opportunities but he's a guy who isn't built to play 35 minutes a night yeah. he's not you know with the hip issues and all that he has yeah. a ceiling i don't i don't think he's going to be averaging 15 and, tw- and 8 uh you know next season or any at any point in his career but what's what we're going to see and what's going to be important for him more than anything next season is his growth as a leader sure. as a guy who's a veteran in that locker room because he is a veteran now compared to the rest of the guys in that locker sure. room um can he help guys like Omari Spellman and and Alan Smiley each kind of figure out their roles in the NBA that's going to be what I'm going to be watching more than anything but from a from a basketball standpoint, I, I, I kind of expect more more of the same, which isn't a bad thing because he was very productive and helpful, and really a steadying force in that front court last season. Do you think he's disappointed he's not starting? We don't know. <laughs> you know we, we we don't know yet. We don't know who the we starting. We haven't even five gotten is. media day yet. Man. Yeah, we don't know who the starting five is. Going I don't. To be. I don't think he cares about that at all. Okay. I don't think he cares about that. I think he even has an awareness of the fact that he probably is better off the bench, and I I, I don't. He might even prefer it. I, I he hasn't told me that, but he's not a guy who has an ego. Um, I think he's very appreciative of everything he's got. And this is a guy who, if you remember, it was just a couple of years ago that we thought he was not going to last in the NBA. Oh, you, it wasn't and just here us. Here he is. You know, a, a major focal point of the Warriors' offseason is bringing him back, even under the hard cap. Like they, the thing they were most worried about when the, they were orchestrating the sign-in trade for D'Angelo Russell was not honestly. Not having to trade for, not having to get rid of Andre Iguodala and all that, it was can we re-sign right. Kevon Looney? And this is and they were able to do it. after they didn't give him the guaranteed money a few years right. back to make sure he was on the team, which only shows what he's been able to accomplish in those very small amount of time. Connor, you are awesome. It is phenomenal having you back. It's not a surprise, but it's still great to kind of bask in the knowledge that you bring to the pod. Um, there's a lot of stuff that you've brought up that I'm looking forward to. Where can we find the Willie Colley Stein story? Where can we find your work? Where can we find more of you? Yeah, uh, sfchronicle.com backslash warriors. Um, my Twitter is con underscore cron, C-O-N underscore C-H-R-O-N. I have my own podcast, which I'm getting back up and running. It actually did credit to my my teammates at the Chronicle. They kept it going in my absence. Every week, you know, Ann Killian or Scott Osler or what have you recorded a podcast while I was off. So hat tip to them. But now I'm back and, and I'll be getting it going on my own starting this week again. So um, that's Warriors Off Court. You can find that on iTunes. For us, um, we remain, our Twitter account is the hottest Twitter uh, place on earth. I, I can't even think, dude. I, it's unbelievable we've been able to make it to the end of this podcast. Look I at this fucking shirt. We're fully dehydrated right now. We I, all might pass out. I have right never out. been this hot in my life. Your shirt has changed colors like five times. You're telling me. I'm wearing it. Mm. I'm going through this goddamn thing. Again, I wish we had set it on fire. I digress. Twitter account, Warriors Huddle, uh, or just at Warriors Huddle. <laughs> Our email account remains Warriors Huddle at gmail.com. You want to let us know either good things, bad things, anything, that's where you can hit us. With that in mind, go Warriors, and hopefully we'll see you in a couple weeks.
Good, good. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.